Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Show Me The Podcast. As always, I am joined here by my co-host Lorraine. Hello! And in this episode, we will be discussing the main man himself, Mr. Tom Hanks. We are very happy to say that this episode is devoted to Mr. Tom Hanks. Uh, once we started looking into this episode, we realised we'd already mentioned his, na- his name quite a bit. Slightly obsessed. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, we thought, yeah, let's just do it. Let's devote an episode to him. There were We thought it'd be quite easy because Tom Hanks has done so many films, but um, actually it turned out to be quite difficult because we weren't sure which ones to pick because there are so many and so many good ones. Um, so in this uh, episode, it's a little bit different to what we normally do. Like sometimes we, you know, we pick our own films and then discuss them. But in this one, we're going to discuss them together. <laughs> and uh, those films are uh, Splash, Sleeps in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Toy Story and his later film, Sully. And we're hoping that we'll be able to show you the different sides of what he's done over the years with his many, many, many films. Um, and just a little side note, I actually did um, enjoy this podcast, preparing for this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I got to watch these films. And I haven't seen, like, I'd never seen Sully, so that was good to watch that. And uh, But it was nice, especially going back to Philadelphia, because it's been years since I watched that. Mm. Um, but yeah, so it was good to uh, go back and, and have a little look. <laughs> okay, but before we uh, get into the main crux of the episode, we're going to uh, discuss our recent watches, as we usually do. <laughs> oh yes go for it harry okay uh so i've been watching a show called the alienist on netflix and uh this is sort of a uh psychological gothic um sort of detective horror ish kind of show <laughs> and um it features daniel Bruhl, uh luke evans and dakota fanning and it's really good it's slow burner i tried but i was just like I got about 10 minutes in and there was just like what I thought was going to be some sort of sex thing coming up. And I was just like, oh, it's I'm like not, minor. I'm not That's like two I know, seconds. But I just, I don't know what it was. I was just like, I can't be bothered. I'm, and, I'm really shocked because it, within the first like a minute, like not even that, there's this gruesome murder. I was like, this is well up Lorraine Street. <laughs> <laughs> I needed more murder. But maybe, maybe I'll go back and give it a go. Yeah, I think you should. Again, yeah. it, it takes a while to get into it. I was a little bit disappointed with the end of the series, but I think that's because they're leading into a second series, which I'm okay. happy about. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Maybe yeah, keep I'll, at it. Maybe I'll give it a go. Um, I, well, it's ended now, but the show episodes. Okay. Yeah, with Matt LeBlanc, who basically plays Matt LeBlanc, but like this extreme version, and he's a bit of a dick. I've watched like two episodes of episodes, and it was oh, all right. No, I thought it was, it was so good. And it's like, I feel like it's probably a lot to what it's actually, you know, it's quite accurate to what it's like mm. in Hollywood. And it kind of gives you all the insight to trying to get a show made and, you know, what the actors have to go through, what the companies have to go through. And a lot of, it's very fake, a yeah. fake, you know, uh, situation to be in. Um, okay. But it actually ended, um, it did five seasons and it ended um, the last episode 
was really good. It was like full circle. I thought it was brilliant the way they did it. I wasn't expecting them to end it the way they did. Yeah. Um, but it was really good. And all the characters are great. They're all funny. They've all got, you know, something to add. And um, so I'd recommend... It's on Netflix. Um, yeah, I think is, it's, it's it? BBC Two. It started off on, a B- on BBC Two, but now it's on Netflix. Mm. But yeah, but Matt LeBlanc in it. Like, I don't... I get the feeling he's not like that because when you see him in interviews, he seems quite... He's quite like, reserved. Quite, quite yeah, he? he just seems worse than this. He's such a dick. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? But he's brilliant. I think for him after Friends, because we don't really see much... You know, there's not been a lot. The Friends cast weren't as big, I think, as everyone expected them to be. Yeah, Some of them had the success moments, wise. I mean. feel like yeah, but I feel like this is just like, okay, you know, he's the complete opposite of Joey, in it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I got that impression from the two two episodes. Yeah, I watched but definitely, yeah, uh, and I will binge watch this again at some point. Okay, definitely. So recommendation. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> I uh, have been to the cinema and I've seen Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, uh, no, <laughs> I haven't seen it yet. I think this is going around a lot. Um, and by the time like, listeners hear this, it'll have been out a while. Mm-hmm. But it was okay. It was entertaining, but wholly unnecessary, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. Everybody was good in it. Um, oh, apart from this robot. And like people seem to love it, but it did my freaking head in. Um, is it a, a, a woman that plays? Yeah. Woman? Yeah, she was on um, the Graham Norton show. And uh, she was a very excitable character. She was, um, I, I just remember looking at her going, she'd be fun to go out drinking with, you know, this type of thing. But yeah. Um, but she apparently she knew, hadn't a clue about Star Wars. What? I knew nothing. Oh, that, yeah. Uh, what? And no. um, I tell you who's amazing in it, uh, Donald Glover. He's I do so like good as uh, he's a good actor. Um, Calris- Lando Calrissian. Yeah. 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 He's no, great he's, as him. Um, he's um, great. But yeah. Uh, it's all right. Okay. Um, I think I'll wait for that one to come out. Yeah. And uh, I w- well, obviously it's not in the cinema now anyway. So mm. um, what I saw actually, another one on Netflix was uh, one directed by Jodie Foster, uh, Money Monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've seen in the little trailer like Clooney doing some funky Yeah, it's got Clooney in it and Julia, Julia Roberts. And oh, it's I've... got the dude from Skins in it as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, oh, Jack O'Connell. O'Connell, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I never... Um, I've, I've, I don't really remember ever seeing Clooney in a role like this before. Um, but it, it's actually really good. And it's a bit sad. And, you know, he, he's basically taken hostage okay. on air. And um, by this guy who, um, you know, made an investment and he lost money and all this kind of stuff. Um, but, you you know, they end up having, you know, forming quite a, a nice relationship. Bit of um, Stockholm Syndrome, you know, when you kind of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're the person who's taking you but um yeah no it's definitely i i actually really enjoyed it and cool. um if i'd seen this at the cinema i wouldn't have uh, regretted paying for it right yeah oh, so it's a great i mean it's not an exceptional film but it's definitely i thought it was good all right no i thought it was good no i think it's better than all right yeah. <laughs> um another one i've watched uh from netflix uh is the kissing booth and it was this i just put it on in the background thinking oh. who's in that I, I, oh, a girl called Jerry King and all right. Um, oh, so it's not a, no big A listers in it. Not yet, yeah. no. Well, hopefully, no, well, you never know. Yeah. But um, the lad from Super Eight in it as well, and oh. they're about seventeen, eighteen in the film. Oh, I need to watch the season. Oh no, I'm thinking of something else. <laughs> I'm thinking of Sense Eight. Is it Sense? Yeah, it's in Super Eight. It's yeah. that kid about it's yeah. that film. It yeah. was great. I really like Super Eight. Anyway, um, it's got those two in it, and it's like 
But I found myself, I, th- I just put it on in the background thinking, oh, you know, whatever. But then I actually started watching it and I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and apparently it's, it's, it's doing super well in terms of ratings. Oh, Netflix brilliant. won't ever reveal it, but yeah. they're saying it's good. Um, and it's just like this sort of teen comedy drama and it kind of just feels sort of like it harkens back to like the 80s kind of ones. Yeah. It's very frank about sex and stuff. You know, she she has sex in it, but it's not like, oh my God, I'm losing my virginity. It's like, oh, I've just lost my virginity. And oh, then right. like they deal yeah. with it, which I think I like that take. Um, well, the other way has been done to death, hasn't exactly. it? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's enjoyable watching. I've, I've actually watched it twice. Uh, <laughs> well, my next film I've watched quite a few times myself. It's an oldie. Well, not an oldie, but it's an oldie. Um, Blade. Oh, I do love that. I, I just wanted to watch the beginning, to be honest with you. I was like, oh, I just feel like watching that club scene. I was uh, writing for my master's and I was like, I need to be upbeat. So I put that on because I love that opening scene yeah, in cool. the club. And then I just ended up watching all of it. But Wesley <laughs> Snipes in it, my God. Because he does all that martial arts. He's, he's meant to be quite, I think he's like a fifth Dan or something like, you know, he's mm. really high up. And um, he's just so slick and sexy. Yeah, he looks amazing <laughs> in that film. And you've got Chris Christopherson and of course... The yummy Stephen Dorff. I shut up with that face. (laughs) I wish you could see that face. (laughs) I think he's great in the role because he looks looks creepy and evil. And that didn't turn me on. Well, watch the um, Aerosmith crime video with him and Alyssa Silverson. And you may change your mind. Okay, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I've watched this film called The Free World. And I'm not going to lie. I turned it on because it's got Boyd Holbrook in and uh, it was interesting. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's an interesting watch. It, it's it's like a little indie film, I think, and it's got Elizabeth Moss in yeah. as well. And Boyd Holbrook is playing this ex-con who um, has uh, converted to um, Islam, hmm. and he is a timid guy, and he works in a dog uh, rescue place, and it's. He, he ends up falling in love with this woman who's got an abusive husband and he like beat up his dog and stuff. And oh. I think you would like it, but it's kind of like... They don't show it, do they? No. Okay, that's fine. Um, but anyway, she he ends up like hiding this woman and stuff happens. And they're kind of, But it's all, all kind of like implied that to treat people like you would animals, like with love and tender care. It's very... It's on the nose sometimes, but it's an interesting take, and I've not okay. seen it before. Okay, so yeah, watch it. If you, I think, I think you'd like it. Slow, but yeah. Um, my next one, I may have watched a couple of documentaries, um, <laughs> but I won't watch watch one on Netflix. Netflix, sorry, called uh, Twenty Seven Gone Too Soon, which is basically about you know the Twenty Seven Club where celebrities, um, Kurt Cobain, Hendrix, Morrison, Joplin, Winehouse, they all died. Yeah, Twenty Seven. Yeah. Um, it was really interesting, actually. Um, and it was really sad because I feel like um, a lot of these people were kind of like, I, I feel this quite a lot with um, uh, when you watch things about celebrities who have died quite young and when you watch documentaries on them. It, it's like nobody was really looking out for them. It's like they're just a money making machine. Yeah. And what they want, you just give it to them. And, you know, unfortunately, I feel like, you know, this, some of them, you know, died as a result. Some of them were just like, you know, they couldn't stop drinking yeah. and taking drugs and their bodies couldn't handle it. But no, it was really sad and interesting because they're all so talented. Like they are extremely talented musicians. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I always think of people like them and like the likes of John Lennon and, you know, what Elvis, you know, what would they be like in their, you know, 
60s and 70s and 80s because you look at people like um you know johnny cash and stuff who you know he was you know into a lot of you know bad things when he was younger but he lived to a ripe old age and he was mm. amazing at the end his voice was still amazing so i always wonder what would these artists had achieved yeah you know yeah. so yeah but it's, it's it's a really interesting watch and i definitely you know I what, definitely... where can we see that it's on netflix okay yeah yeah cool. so yeah it's a good one but it's a, it's, it's a bit sad mm. <laughs> you know because how young they are mm. um i've watched a few shows uh, tv shows um but I'll, I'll focus on one for now um it's westworld season two yeah i haven't watched westworld i i really liked westworld and i think I really liked the themes it explored, etc. But and oh my god, there's this one episode in season two. I think it's episode eight, and it's about um, the Ghost Nation tribe, and it's phenomenal TV viewing. Like it's possibly okay. one of the best episodes I've ever seen ever. And my jaw was just like open the whole time. But then the season finale, so disappointed, really disappointed. Um, and I just hope they pull it back for season three. I'll keep okay. watching. Okay. Um, there is a film, Westworld film, isn't there? Yeah, from I think it's the seventies with Yul Brenner. Oh, is it then? Because yeah. I remember seeing that going. Oh, my, and I like Yul Brenner, so I have a look. Mm. Um, my next one was another documentary um, from Netflix um, called Evil Genius: The True Story of American of a of the of America's most diabolical bank heist. I've heard this is absolutely bizarre. It is. It is. Um, I haven't finished it yet, uh, but yeah, it's really. It's really strange. It's basically this pizza delivery guy is goes in, you know, robs a bank and he comes out and he's outside in the car park. He's got this, his name's Brian Wells. He's got this bomb thing attached to his, it, it, around his neck. It looks like something you'd see in Saw, yeah. the Saw films. And the cops are there. They think it's fake. And then they realize it's not fake. But, you know, he's basically, help me, help me, help me. And they're like, they're not really doing enough, I don't think, you know. And um, it goes off. And obviously it kills him. Um, and then it's just like this whole story into this main woman called Marjorie Dell Armstrong, who, um, you know, someone else turns up dead and then somehow she's getting connected. And like I said, I haven't finished it yet, so I don't really know what happens. But, you know, I think she's still alive and she's still in prison, mm. you know, still saying it wasn't me because there was other people involved. Um, so I, it's just I need to see what happens with, um, you know, what, what was it about this guy? brings all this together yeah because it's it's really weird like and when you watch the footage i mean you see him lying there on the floor after his head's been blown off Jeez. you see all the cops around before it happens and him you know so they're trying to figure out as well was he did he you know is he what he did was he forced into it you know because they thought oh maybe he's just doing this so that he can get get into the bank because no one's going to touch him because he's got a bomb around his you know nobody really knew what was going on but this woman cuckoo oh my god she's absolutely mental you know, so I'm gonna I have to find out um, what happened. But yeah, it's a bit it's a bit bizarre. Okay. But yeah, huh. it's on Netflix as well. Excellent. I, sp I spend a lot of time on Netflix. Dude, so do I. My next one is Netflix. As well. <laughs> um, my next one is actually Sky Atlantic. Yeah. Uh, it's Patrick Melrose with Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh, is that any good? The, I like him. the first episode is amazing. Yeah. It's really intense. It's almost got like a bit of a Wolf of Wall Street kind of pace. Oh, okay. Know, sort of snappy pace to it. And Benedict Cumberbatch is really mm. good in it. Um, and then the tone starts to change throughout the other episodes. And the second episode, was it the second or third? It's really dark. And apparently this is based on a true story. Of, this guy wrote it and 
if this happened, well, it happened to him, and it's just horrendous. And was it? It's like um, he, well, he was a young kid, and he got abused by his dad. Mm. And um, yeah, uh, and I I couldn't make it past episode four. It just oh. didn't have that same pacing yeah. for me, and it, it, it yeah, it went a bit w- weird. Not weird. It's like a very interesting story, but. I just couldn't take it. I was in the mm. mood. Um, so I've yet to finish that. But so far, like Benedict Cumberbatch, couldn't fault him. So. No, I, I, you can't fault him anyway. No. I think he's brilliant. This is, I have to say, there's this amazing scene in the first episode. And he's like, he's trying to wean himself off heroin. So he's going through all the, mo- you mm. know, through all the effects of it. And he is on Quaaludes. And it's just really funny. And the way he acts it. And it's yeah. meant to be funny. Yeah. As well as, you know, sad. But yeah, well, check it out. Cool. Um... Well, the last one I'm watching, it's actually on, I think it's E4, and it's also on Netflix. The first four seasons is on Netflix, is uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Mm. Um, yeah, so they've managed to, it was going to be cancelled after season five. And uh, so f- it's in Fox at the moment. And um, basically, within 24 hours, I think it was number two trending on Twitter. And it had been picked up by NBC and renewed for another season. Does that ever feel a bit suspect? No, I think I think that's the way it is now because like I remember when Nashville um got cancelled, um, I think it's Hulu or someone picked it up. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? So what's happening is is now I think what it is is like the people cancel it because they don't think they're getting enough for it, but then all of a sudden you have like millions of people going, hang on a second. I was gonna watch it on catch up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I I you know, I want I'm watching this. I wanna see what happens. Yeah. And like I'll be honest with you. Out of all the seasons, season five, and as these things go on, they usually kind of get worse, I find, rather than better yeah. a lot of seasons, um, like these type of shows. Um, but season the season five, it's absolutely hilarious. Like, I think it's funnier than all the others. Like, you know, and I love all the others. I've watched them all so many times, I can't even count. But um, all the characters are brilliant. Like, I like all of them. Um, I wish they'd use um, Captain Holt. He's um, uh, a gay black you know, captain, which yeah. is rare, and he's he's got a partner called Kevin, who's not in it enough. He's amazing. I wish they'd use him. He's so funny. <laughs> he's like this professor, and he's like very stiff upper lip and all this kind of stuff. And you know, so when you see him acting in certain ways, it's brilliant. But yeah, no, definitely, um, I definitely give that one a go. Really funny, but I'm really glad it's been renewed. I've watched the odd episode, and I do find it funny. Mm. Um, yeah, maybe it's something I need to sit down and yeah, do. I probably watch it a bit too much, but yeah, <laughs> we all yeah. have those shows. Yeah. Okay, we've got a cheers in section in which we uh, voice out the appreciation for the show. <laughs> yeah, and just things that people have said. Um, one of them I wanted to touch on was um, Harry had been to see A Quiet Place. Did yes. you say that in last episode, was it? Yes. No, I said it in episode seven. Yeah, episode seven, yeah. yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah. And um, we were talking to someone and uh, Steve. We were just talking about how the two of them saw this as different genres. You were... He was more horror and you were more thriller. Yeah. And we just think it was interesting the way people can watch a film and put them in completely different. Yeah. Okay. So I said something really eloquent and I've forgotten how I said it, which is really annoying. Really? You? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, no, it is. I, okay. It, it, it is a horror, um, but it's more like a psychological horror. And mm. that's what I appreciate rather than like blood and guts and gore. All right. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Then. Yeah. <laughs> I said it much better than that, but yeah, never mind. No, it was just an interesting conversation. I thought we were, when we had it yeah. listening to the TV, like I was more leaning Yeah, we were Steve's like side. debating like 15 yeah. minutes. <laughs> Standard. I know. 
Um, we also had a review. Um, well, actually, it was from my partner, and he's really tough when it comes to listening to things. Mm-hmm. And um, he hadn't really listened to our podcast as much as I would have liked him to. Um, but um, I like to go back and listen to some episodes just to see, you know, how we're getting on. And he was, we had a episode four on in the car. And he actually said, very shockingly, you sound like you've come a long way. He found the episode very engaging. What I like about him, someone we both know, give a review, is just that. They know us and he would laugh at the little things we do as he knows our personalities and he thinks our singing is horrendous. What? Especially Harry's. He don't know shit. Especially <laughs> Harry's. But yeah, no, he he, uh, he actually was a bit shocked at how we uh, we sounded. Mm. Um, <laughs> Yeah, talking about people, you know, close friends and family, not listening to the show you're in trouble but uh it, yeah I uh, was in the car with my mum actually and I was just like look I've got you hostage now I'm gonna play mm. <laughs> I'm gonna play one of our episodes and we got like 20 minutes in before she was like Ugh. but before that <laughs> she was just like you guys sound like French and Saunders and I was like I don't know if that's a compliment or anything that is a compliment <laughs> yeah Lorraine loves it that so. is a compliment <laughs> um and big john 0056 gave us four stars uh Maybe we can get him to give us five one day. <laughs> and he absolutely loved this podcast, especially the Stranger Things episode. Very well put together. Great chemistry between the two presenters and fab quality. Looking forward to the next episode. Cheers, so, Big John. Yeah, give us a comment on um, any of the others you've listened to, John. Big John. Big John. Big John. Cool. Okay, so we're going to get into the main part of the episode now, which is Tom Hanks and... Uh, and what films people have picked. Yeah, because, okay, our process is before each episode, about four days before, we put a shout out saying, yeah. look, we're going to be recording this. What are your thoughts on this? And mm-hmm. Tom Hanks just blew up. Yeah, we uh, we couldn't put them all on. So no. we do apologize in advance if you don't hear your name. Yeah, but thanks so much. And we'd just like to preface this with, if you give us a really good detailed comment as to why you like stuff, dude, we'll shout it out. Yeah. We want to know. But stuff. if you just say the name of the film... Yeah, not so much. <laughs> Unless we don't have that many people yeah. reply, and then we will. <laughs> but we appreciate it all. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um. So again, Dev, uh, Lorraine's partner, he uh, said that he couldn't choose between Big and Forrest Gump for his favorite Tom Hanks film. He said Big was a fun idea, just like the concept of it. But Forrest Gump was interesting uh, in its idea, and seeing the life from uh, someone who was quite naive slash innocent from the world was an interesting one. Mm. Yeah, so my brother picked episode, uh, The Burbs from episode five, um, Fashback Film Club. And um, what I've liked about this is the reason I put that one down there, even when he just wrote The Burbs, was that a lot of people have been saying The Burbs and there's a lot of love-hate for that one yeah. going on. Yeah. yeah. I'm on Found love. That. I'm on the, I don't care yeah. for it. So yeah, there's, um, <laughs> but yeah, go back to episode five and see what we had to say and then maybe it make you watch it and <laughs> like it too. <laughs> Uh, Alec, my partner, actually had something to say for this episode. Normally he doesn't have a lot to say about films. Um, But he said, big, Forrest Gump, Captain Phillips, how can you decide? An easier question would have been, what's his worst film? Maybe less options. Yeah, true. (laughs) Uh, B, who's my friend Bernie, Notting Hill. Um, Sorry, it's a private joke. Uh, (laughs) The first film I ever saw, (laughs) B, I drink tea. I refuse to call her B. I seen her a few months ago. She lives in Ireland. I was like, I'm not calling you B. Uh, First film I ever saw him in was Turner and Hooch. Loved it because of Hooch. Then I saw Big. I wanted his job. Who didn't? Uh, Forrest Gump, Green Mile, Sleeps in Seattle. Sully the Terminal was okay. Wasn't a fan of Castaway. Mm. Okay. Alison has picked a really good choice. And I'd probably say... Yeah. Yeah, it's one of my favourite of his. And uh, A League of Their Own. Oh, 
Says, she says, not only my favourite Tom Hanks movie, but my favourite movie of all time. Yeah, that's a great movie. Mm. Um, a hundred freaking films said, how can you choose between Castaway and Forrest Gump? Well, we choose. Let us know. Wreck My Podcast says, he definitely has way better roles like Forrest Gump, Big, Saving Private Ryan, but you can't beat the burbs. Well, Such a zany movie. Good good lad um or girl i don't know who runs it i can't remember um amanda asked so difficult to decide um i have to say forrest gump although this could completely change because i've heard that he is in a remake of a man named ove as ove you can't beat the swedish original but i think he will do a fabulous job and i'm looking forward to it he will do a fabulous job cool the lineup podcast said that thing you do you've got mail saving private ryan he's always best when he's the moral compass of the cast Harry discusses You've Got Mail in episode one. I, I discuss... <laughs> read my note. <laughs> I discuss You've Got Mail in episode one and Saving Private Ryan in episode four. So go check those out and hear, hear my thoughts on those. Yeah. And our last one who did just give us a film, but they're also a podcast. So we thought we'd give a shout out to them. It was Crack Party Podcast. And theirs was Catch Me If You Can, which I wasn't overly fond of. I like it. Yeah. No, it wasn't. I didn't not like it. I didn't not like it yeah is that right (laughs) Um, but it wasn't one of my one of my favorites okay okay um okay so now let's get into the main man himself that is mr thomas jeffrey hanks born july 9th 1956 in sully california hanks starred in some well-known tv shows such as happy days taxi the love boat and family ties After working with Ron Howard in Happy Days, Howard remembered Hanks when he became a filmmaker and got him to read for the supporting role of Splash, but he instead got the lead and the film became a big hit. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, this film uh, film was um, a hit and Hanks then became the the recognised actor that we all love. Um, And after Splash, Hanks starred in a few films that didn't necessarily do as well, such as Bachelor Party, The Man with the Red Shoe, Volunteers, The Money Pit, which I love, by the way, (laughs) and uh, Dragnet. But I have to say, like, those TV shows, I didn't know he was in them. No, no, normally. Do you know what I mean? So I was... um, I have to go back and look at those episodes. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, well, it's good as who you know, isn't it? Because now he's got those roles because of uh, Ron Howard. I love Ron Howard. But um, in 1988, Hanks then starred in Penny Marshall's film Big which uh, led to Hanks' first Oscar nomination, which, again, I didn't know, as Best Actor. And Hanks was then established as a box office hit and a very talented actor that we all know and love today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So something which we will discuss throughout the episode uh, in depth is that the fact that he has such a diverse set of roles. Mm, Definitely. Um, He isn't afraid to change his body for a role either. He was thin for Philadelphia. He lost about 35 pounds, according to your notes. And uh, and then he got, you know, fat and then lean for Castaway. Again, um, in other films, he's had these kind of transformations. So it's just interesting that he'll do that for a role. Mm. um, And he does it well. Yeah. Um, He often plays like low-key, grounded family men who are thrust into extraordinary extraordinary situations and we just know him as this like deeply human actor uh people have described him as having an unshakable like normality um which yeah pretty much well, defi- someone, defines um, him. whatever you know you think of the old school actors you know like betty davis and cary grant and all those type of people you don't really know anything about them yeah like personally and i think that's one thing i love is like because you know we have this like constant rush of information about celebrities like from you know them having a spot on their face to who they're dating whereas yeah. with him you don't 
you don't really know I don't know anything about him like I know his acting career but I don't know anything apart from he's got a couple of kids and he's married to you know one of them's famous and he's married to Rita mm. Wilson but which I like I don't think you need to know there's a bit of mystery about him you don't need to know everything about him and I like that yeah I agree but I don't think there's probably anything too juicy to know <laughs> <laughs> well, well you I never know. know that that is the thing yeah. because when you listen to his interviews especially the ones where he he decides to be quite candid, um, such as um, his um, BBC4 um, Desert Island Discs thing. Mm. Um, he he reveals some like interesting stuff about himself and you're just kind of like, oh, I, I didn't know that about you. Oh, do I like that information? Yeah. And then you're like, no, nah, yeah, you're a, you're a nice guy. Yeah. You're honest about it. Yeah, is, you know. exactly. He's probably got some things he's not proud of, but sure, haven't we all? But yeah, exactly. no, no, I um, yeah. I do like that about him. Hmm. So something else that everybody loves about Hanks is the fact that he's great at depicting like this boyish charm. Um, And it's been said apparently by Sally Fields 25 years ago that despite the happy chirpy side to him, there is also this darker underside, Mm. which we just touched upon. Um, And yeah, I'll explore that in some of my content for later. (laughs) Um, he's also the second actor in history to win back-to-back Oscars for a Philadelphia Forrest Gump and at 45 he was the youngest to receive the American Film Institute's Life Achievement Award back in June 12th 2002 crikey yeah Mm. he's got some amazing one-liners which we uh, all know and love still crying in baseball I love it when he says that (laughs) yeah Houston we have a problem Wilson last why did I get this line (laughs) Well, I was watching the film, actually, Life's Like a Box of Chocolates. And actually, when Sally Field says it, she says, Life's a Box of Chocolates. Oh. Yeah, because I was like, ooh. Because I've always been saying Life's Like a Box of Chocolates. But yeah. No, yeah, but, well, he, yeah, but he's, li- he's liking it too. Yeah, yeah but when yeah. she said it, because I, I always, yeah, I was always like, that's all I thought it was. And then when she said it, I was like, I know, I know it's not a big deal. But like, I was like, ooh. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'd say that's, I think for him, because like you hear about actors, they're walking down the street and someone's like shouting like, you know, if it's Sylvester Sloan, you're Adrian, yeah, you know, type yeah. thing. So he probably gets these. Yeah. I'd say, I'd say, I wonder which one the most, probably Forrest Gump. I I'd, I'd probably shout, well, sir. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as with a lot of actors as well, you know, he, he has made some duds, not gonna lie. Uh, one, duds in my opinion. Okay. So we've got Larry Crown, the remake of The Lady Killers, um, a few of the Dat and Brown adaptations. I liked um, a- Angels and Demons. I, I yeah. liked I d- the I Da Vinci did... Code as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. liked them. No, I don't think it's necessarily like it's never his acting, is it? Mm. It's the, the film itself. Yeah, um, and I think people are finding a few flaws with the Dan Brown stuff um, potentially. But mm. yeah, I thought they were fine. Um, and and now that he's at a certain age, I think he's really beginning to experiment with his characters. So he's 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 playing some really deeply human people mm. like i know he's done it in philadelphia and saving private yeah. Ryan and stuff in the past but so much so recent years he's kind of explored yeah. these these different elders or guys um and it's not always working but mostly i think it's it's interesting um again we'll touch on that in the, yeah. in the main stuff um okay so we are gonna talk about our first film which is the 1984 film by ron howard um, about you know that time when you fell in love with a fish <laughs> Splash <laughs> to us all, <laughs> to us all. <laughs> yeah uh, Splash is directed by Ron Howard I think it was his first film wasn't it Splash or oh, it would have been yeah would it have been it would have been was it both of their first no could, mm, oh. yeah no no I think no I think he did one before 
Okay. So it's directed by Ron Howard and it's from 1984. Uh, it's a fantasy romance comedy uh, starring Tom Hanks, Daryl Hannah, John Candy and Eugene Levi. Levy? Levy. Levy. I say Levy, but like it might be wrong. <laughs> I've been pronouncing it wrong for years. <laughs> and it's a film about a young man called Alan Bauer, played by Tom Hanks, uh, who falls in love with a mysterious woman. Madison, as he names her, yeah. played by Daryl Hannah, who... Well, turns out to be a mermaid. Yeah, so basically, he when he was a child, he had an underwater experience. He fell off a boat and, you know, this girl, this young in girl... In Cape Cod, was it? In Cape Cod, yeah. This young girl, um, you know, he sees this young girl and obviously you think it's a, a hallucination. Yeah. And then, what was it, 20 years later, he has an encounter with this woman. In, he, it's when he goes to Cape Cod and he drives there. After, oh, yeah. After that yeah. wedding and drops his cards and stuff, I think. And then she is like, oh, I'll go find Alan. And gets the police to call him. Yeah, gets the police to call him, yeah. Um, yeah, and the story, the story. <laughs> yeah, the story's basically, um, they're, like, obviously he doesn't know that she's a mermaid. And their story, um, you know, they fall in love and they have a lot of um, sexy times. Yeah. She's very horny. <laughs> um, but there's obviously, Eugene Levy is like a mad scientist uh, guy who's trying to prove to everyone that that's what she is but then eventually he does let everyone know Mm -hmm. who's who she is and um you know realizes he has a change of heart when he sees what's happening but yeah so the whole story is basically about you know their relationship i think in this film i'm not quite sure if i like alan no i do like alan i take that back but he has a few flaws in it doesn't he Mm. but then i kind of understand like he at first he looks like horrendously like shocked that she's a mermaid well that scene i found like when they you know when they throw the water over outside that event and like she's just obviously shipped off by the government Mm. and he's just looking at her and I'm like you coward you just and I can understand he's probably a little bit taken back by what he's seeing he'd be you'd be messed up yeah but she just looks so scared I do hate it when she's going Alan yeah that's what it is that's what I didn't like she just looks good because she's very childlike like Mm. you know she's very innocent she you know she's coming into this world and you know everything's like fascinating and she's in New York for God's sake like how Mm. busy must that be um for her but um yeah like I didn't like him then but obviously then he has a change of heart with yeah. the scientist guy and, you know, and his brother, John Candy, who's really good in it, by the way. Um, you know, Because wasn't so he, he meant to be playing Alan? Yeah, apparently he was going to play it. But um, yeah, I think Tom Hanks is more, oh, yeah, so suited, more, more suited. Yeah. yeah, I think he plays that role, like that particular moment very well because, and obviously it's scripted that way, but the way he plays it is good because you can see the shock on his face and mm. stand, And I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I don't think you would know what to do. No, first. no, I know. I know that. No, I, I, I understand that completely. It's not like I'm thinking he should die. It's like, oh, okay. But it, it was her calling him. Yeah, that's And being sick. shipped off and be, being so scared and not knowing where she's going. And, you know, mm. she just wants him and he's just like looking at her. And like, you know, I, I, I understand his reaction. I yeah. just, obviously, I didn't like his reaction. I yeah. wanted him to go, you know, which he does, obviously. But yeah, it's just her looking so scared something else as an adult watching it because i grew up watching it but you don't notice these things when you're younger well, i didn't it is the sexiness of it mm. and like you're like what is this for kids or for grown-ups or what but i noticed that with some stuff i you know when i stuff i watched as a kid and then i watch it now and i'm like oh my god mm-hmm. you know because but you don't as a kid no like and it's you're the same now when you watch stuff for children there's stuff in it that kids just won't get. Whereas yeah. we'll be like, oh, like that. Yeah. Which they're one day go, 
you know, when you watch like a Pixar film or something like, you know, you don't you don't see the little naughty sides when you're a kid. But no. we get. And I think that's the smart thing about these films is like you could get a film like this that you can bring your kids to and like, oh, mommy, daddy, a mermaid type yeah. thing. Oh, look at them falling in love. But then the parents see a different side of it. So I think yeah. that's that's what you need to do with kids film films for children so that you can get the parents in to watch it too. Yeah. You know? Something that it's going to come across really weird, but something that's hit me doing the prep for this episode is the fact that I haven't I haven't really thought of Tom Hanks sort of in that way like he has sex it's, it, for a moment it was also like watching my dad you know <laughs> do you know what I mean because <laughs> I because I was a young man no no, no <laughs> one knows what I mean and I, I've really I've really enjoyed sort of seeing the youthful side of him being like mm. yeah he's, he was a lad you know god he was so young and yeah and he's cute and he's attractive especially like in another one of the films we're going to talk about I find him attractive in um but yeah it, it was at the first time at the first I was just like mm, it's Tom Hanks having sex and then I was just like yeah yeah, cool. Why not? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, no, he, he, I actually, um, I do jujitsu and there's this guy in there who is like the image of young Tom Hanks. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. And That's I said cool. to him, I was like, I'm going to be talking about this in my podcast when, uh, when I record it, but no, he's so like him. It's freaky, <laughs> but he said that he gets that a lot, but yeah, no, it's, it's freaky how much, but he looks like, like this Tom Hanks. Yeah. Know, at this age. Yeah. But yeah. It's really weird. So I do jujitsu with Tom Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, as a slight side note, it's not really anything to do with Tom Hanks. What makes me laugh about this film is the Cape Cod scenes. And it's like, and I looked at it and they did film it in the Bahamas. And you're like, you can clearly tell. And oh, that's it in the end. They're like running yeah. they dive into the Hudson. And it, that was yeah. really No, no, I, I, I thought that. Yeah, like I think the director of photography... Uh, the underwater director of photography obviously did a really good job <laughs> yeah. at making us feel like we were somewhere that we, I know because it was all like tranquil and you know romantic and when really she'd like bang into yeah. a trolley or something you yeah know? exactly <laughs> bang into a trolley yeah um, but yeah no um, but I like so can he not come back because you know the way she was like if you if you come with me you can't come back so he just kind of went but he doesn't find his life satisfying anyway yeah does exactly he? So, you know, yeah. why not? Yeah. yeah. He's an interesting character. He's kind of, he's got a little bit of an edge in that film, hasn't he? Mm. Which I think, as we explore throughout the episode, he has in nearly every film mm. he's in. He's got this slight edge. Yeah. And, yeah. Is that reflective of the man himself? Oh. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask him, Tom. Let's move on to Sleepless in Seattle, 1993, directed by Nora Ephron. Yeah, I think this is the, I think everyone's seen this film. This is like kind of like the ultimate romantic comedy drama. Mm, yeah. yeah, but it's funny that this is, you know, they don't even meet till the end. <laughs> yeah. But it's, yeah. it's still lovely, yeah. No, I, I kind of like that though, because Spoiler, I think... sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think because, you know, there's a formula, isn't there, when mm. you watch romantic films, you know, like of how they meet, they fall in love, all this kind of stuff. Whereas um, in this he has zero interest in this woman. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's the son yeah. that wants them to get together. And so it's kind of like... It's almost like, not sleepless in Seattle, but find me a mother. Yeah, but it's, it's nice to see kind of like a bit of a more realistic approach to it because his wife has died and, you know, he's raising his son and, you know, when he goes out for that date with um, his 
he goes out for a date yeah, doesn't he with, yeah. with a woman and uh, he's basically going over on about how he needs to go get laid and you know this type of stuff which is probably what you're thinking <laughs> well yeah apparently um hank's um fought for that he he, he put he had that put in the script or something because he was just like he wouldn't bow down to his son he'd be like dude i've been laid and mm. i need to get laid and he was like and i would tell my son that and i was just like that's interesting. I like that kind yeah. of honest edge to this, this film. And I really like that touching it. I, even like growing up, I was just like, ah, cool. cool. Like, yeah, yeah. He yeah. respects his son enough to like tell him the truth. And I like that. But I, I think it's also good for kind of like the, like what we have today, you know, with things like Tinder and all that kind of stuff. And it's mm. kind of like a bit of a, it's a bit like that for back then. But when he, when he does that whole, um, oh, what's the film? The, the film with the, oh, bloody hell, you know, the one with the bunny boiler not basic inst- fatal attraction fatal attraction um when he goes on about you don't know what this woman's like she could be this you know and how that film scared every man no, in america, every like that. Man in america. Yeah, but that's kind of like the thing like when i think of online dating yeah that's what you think you don't know who you're talking to they could be a complete psychopath like and it's yeah. just um you know back then in what 1993 you know they didn't know about what we had today but yet they're talking about it Mm. as we do today like do you know yeah. what I mean about all this um like because now people are so easy to give it all up on online you know but it was like I said it was the son whereas he was the one Aaron on the side of caution and he's like you know and then she's so far away why would I yeah. meet up with her she's like in Baltimore and he's like that's one dim, dim, dim. how many states away type yeah thing. it's not like oh I'll, I'll give it a chance it's like I've got to go there to save my freaking son he's like put me yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so um it's got a kind of it, even though obviously it's an over-the-top romance, it's actually not over-the-top. No, it's not, you because if your son got on a plane to go and visit some strange woman, that, that's exactly what you do. But but I remember watching Leading it. Um, <laughs> actually, before we go into this, Harry, just give a little breakdown of what the film's about, because we haven't... Okay. For, someone might not have seen it. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Um, so if you haven't seen it, the film focuses uh, on the story of a recently widowed architect um, from Chicago called Sam, played by uh, Tom Hanks. And he and his son moved to Seattle to try and deal with their grief. Um, so his son called Jonah uh, called a late night talk show uh, to discuss how much he misses his dead mother Maggie and one of the listeners is Annie uh, played by Meg Ryan and she's in a happy but uneventful engagement with um, Bill Pullman's character Um, and she's encouraged to write a letter to Sam uh, by her friend and asked to meet on the Empire State Building on Valentine's Day like in the film Fair to Remember though it's not on Valentine's Day Fair to Remember is it? Um, anyway, and then uh, what ensues is a love story over the airwaves and over distance. And what we have here is a film that is arguably the definitive romantic comedy of the nineties, in my yeah. opinion. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's what I mean. But like back then, I like saw it, you know, back in the nineties. And when I watch it now, I do think of it differently. Mm. Like you know, I didn't, you know, because of like I said, all the kind of internet dating and you know that we that people do now like when I saw it back then I was like oh they're you know they're met over the radio and you know I didn't see it yeah in how I look at it today and I think that's the good thing about it like I think when you know younger people watch it they'll probably be like god over the radio you know what I mean because they don't you know it's all so different now isn't it uh, just to say, if you guys can hear some background noise, it's because we've got the window open, but it's a hot summer's day, and I'm sorry. <laughs> you just got to deal with it. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
so yeah, in the prep for this, I, I listened to a few interviews with Tom Hanks mm. and read on a few. And he said that during this, he got, he was in a bit of a dark, moody time of his life. And I mm. think that does translate into his character. Oh God, this, this yeah, this, he's not the chirpy, no. he's, he's a grumpy yeah. sod. He's really. got a bit of a darkness about yeah, him. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And he doesn't, like, he's quite, um, like the way, like we were saying about how he talks to his son, like he's quite aggressive to you know he doesn't hold back like i think you know he just I mean? treats his son like a mate which i like though. yeah he doesn't treat him like a child no like do you know what i mean he's but he's um no but i like that because i'm not a big fan of the whole you know over the top mothering fathering yeah. type thing like do you yeah. know what I mean? so i kind of think this i think like this is a bit this is a film that's more realistic of how it actually would be yeah than the you know because as well usually it's the child you know you're not allowed to have another person you know, because of mom. Yeah. You know, this type of thing. Whereas he's the one who's kind of taken the step back mm. and the, the the son is the one pushing a relationship. Yeah. And you don't usually, it's not usually that way, is it? No. And something else that in this film, he, and, and, and in a lot of his roles, he kind of plays this lonely character who's like lonely in their plight. You mm. know, he, and, and I, and I, He's, he said in, in, a, in an interview as well that, yeah, he plays these kind of roles and something that's lovely and that he's he, he said he was a bit dissed for was the fact that he had... Uh, he broke his first marriage up to get yeah. with Rita Wilson. But yeah. he said, until I met her, until I was with her, I was lonely and I wasn't lonely anymore when I was with her. And I just think Aww. that's a really nice way of putting it. And I'm sorry, it's very earnest. It's very, you know, that's Yeah, but you truth. shouldn't stay in relationships if you're not. Yeah. And it just seems, I don't know if he's still exploring that kind of mm. sort of loneliness in his roles. But this, I think, is definitely, oh, the postman's coming. Is <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's definitely one of those roles where that kind of yeah. um, character's explored. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it's also like, moving on to the next point but that we've put is that this film i think like a lot of his film isn't just aimed at like one gender no it's i think it's really bad people go to sleep since yeah as a romance no that's not if you watch it like my dad loves this film and he's not into like girly films he says it's just like just but that's because i think it's an it's an honest portrayal of um what a man would go through Mm. if you know he lost his his partner like that so i think i think the reason yeah, it's not just oh look how how romantic. In the end, they do meet. Yeah, it's like like you said, no, that they met because he went after his son. Had his son not gone to New York, he wouldn't have went. Yeah, you know, so that it's actually not romantic. It's it's him protecting his child. That's what this is. It's not you know romance. No. So it you know to say that this I suppose is a romance film is actually incorrect because the romance for me is not the main characters. The romance for me is the, the like uh, Rosie O'Donnell, like wanting this to happen and the son wanting this to happen. They're the romance. It's a relationship film. It's yeah. an exploration of relationships, yeah. not necessarily romantic ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they're not the romantic characters. The other people are. Yeah. You know, they're mm. that friend that's like trying so desperately to set you up. You know, yeah. they're the romantic ones. The other person's just like, no. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I have so, this shit going on. <laughs> so I don't really, I don't actually really see this as a romance film because even at the end, they just kind of, you know, they have a look. Okay. Now it's a look of something. Let's go have a, a coffee and see. Um, but yeah, 
it's um it's not an in your face romantic comedy no. and it's not the formula that we're used to seeing. no i don't think oh, i can't think of anything quite like it since really i i couldn't sense. no no i couldn't think of it either but um but it's good it is a good film it is definitely a good film and it still stands today mm. somewhat 28 years yeah. 25 years sorry yeah um later but yeah and that my friends is a uh... it scared the shit out of every man in america <laughs> <laughs> I loved that scene. That yeah, scene was though good. was great. But um, yes, yeah, so let's go on to the next one. Otherwise, I'll start just getting back into it again. <laughs> uh, you can introduce the next one. The next one, um, for me personally, was a bit of a game changer in Hank's uh, abilities. Um, and that was a 1993 uh, Jonathan Demme film, Philadelphia. Mm. And Jonathan Demme directed one of your favourite movies. Silence of the <laughs> Yeah. No, he has a certain technique that I like but feel very uncomfortable with when he uh makes a film mm, yeah um but yeah we'll talk about that in a minute yeah. after you've given us a but for those who don't know um philadelphia is a story of a young lawyer called andrew beckett who is played by tom hanks who is coming up in the ranks of uh in the world of law um he's getting promoted within work and he has AIDS. um but when he gets promoted, they are unsure. But he does have. Sorry, that was my phone. <laughs> Rude. <laughs> um, they he does have legions on his head, um, which someone spots, but he kind of you know brushes it off. Um, and then an important file is misplaced, and he gets fired. He thinks it's unfair, and it's down to his illness. Um, they're of course saying it isn't. And then the whole story goes on with him basically suing the company and um, he uses the lawyer known as Joe, who is played by um, Denzel Washington. Washington. And for me, the film is more about their relationship um, from someone who is extremely homophobic and disgusted by Joe. Um, It's more their relationship than the actual court case or um, Andrew's relationship with his partner, played by Antonio Banderas. Um, it's about how watching a very homophobic man um, become accepting mm. of someone like uh, Andy. Yeah, yeah. This this film got uh, well. Tom Hanks won the Best Actor award for this, yeah. didn't he? Was it his first? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. But um, yeah, this is one of those films where he transformed his. Yeah, yeah, he looks. Well. Yeah, he looks very different. Mm. Um, and I think you know, starting with the beginning of the film, um, Bruce Springsteen, who won for best original score, and also, um, what's his name, Neil Neil Young, he did a song for this as well, Philadelphia, and this Bruce Springsteen, the Streets of Philadelphia. Um, they both got nominated, but Springsteen won. But it's a great opening, um, shot, isn't it? Of Streets um, of Philadelphia. Yeah, um, of of the film beginning and the song is really like it's a song that i don't really listen to because it's it's quite sad Mm. i find it quite sad to listen to so i i'd have to be in the mood i'd have to be in a sad mood to listen to it you know i i thought this film was very uh interesting and intelligent it tells an interesting story but i can't i can't say i liked it i wouldn't choose to watch it again okay um i think and and maybe that's just because uh, I'm a gentle soul and it just <laughs> it was just like ooh, it was hard hitting and but 
yeah i i it's it's great uh and masterfully executed um I, I, something that put me off though and i know you love them but you love them for this reason but it made me uncomfortable is jonathan demi's shots they're like yeah very intense it really takes you into the scene and oh i, I it will no i i know i know what you mean because there's certain like you know if you were having a conversation at some with someone and you know the conversation kind of stopped for a second but that person's like staring at you as your yeah you know even if it's just for like three seconds those three <laughs> yeah. seconds is like three years and I, th- I think I think with those type of shots that he does and he, like I said he does them in um, Silence of the Lambs it puts you in to how they're feeling so like when you see for instance um like when Andy goes in to meet mm. Joe well for the second time you know to have you know to have him represent him and you know they shake hands and then he realizes what's happened and you see the look and you're there with them so you're you're experienced kind of like the awkwardness and mm. the uncomfortableness and but that's what i like it's like you you get to be them as well yeah you know you may not necessarily agree with what they're saying no. like i don't agree with um A joe's you know opinion yeah. of what he you know of of andy but at the same time i'm feeling that uncomfortableness that he's feeling as well because of the way that camera is is looking at it is on him yeah you know yeah i mean it it almost feels especially during that scene with um the opera yeah uh, it's it's a powerful scene but again the use of dramatic red lighting and stuff it made it feel very almost like at the same time as very intimate it also made it feel a bit stagey mm. and it it ever so slightly took me out of the scene. It was fun, but then I say that it did their perform like the, the the not to diss Demi, but the direction brought me out of it. But then kudos to those actors because they brought me right back into it. Mm. Um, and it I wouldn't say it was necessarily the shots. It's just the way they both use their eyes and you know their the, their intensity in their performances. Yeah, and it's emotional. It's very emotional. Yeah. And he, like, he's pushing around a, a drip. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's looking quite, you know, and, you know, Washington then makes this, you know, because I feel like it's a moment where you could kind of, they could have had a bit of a physical moment almost like to where they, you know, they yeah. embrace each other or something. But they don't because like, you know, in this film, Joe is the typical American, you know, he's, he's, like obviously everyone knows Denzel Washington is black, so but he's representing um, the the American man because in this time, in this time especially, because AIDS was still quite relatively, you know, people didn't really know much about it. Mm. People were scared of it, lots of homophobia, and but Hanks is the privileged white guy, yeah. But you don't want to know him, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like it's it's good in a sense that because I was reading that with Demi, he kind of like um, did this to kind of bring in certain audiences you've got bruce springsteen that has a certain following you've got denzel washington that has a certain following yeah there were a-list hanks, like yeah, yeah you've got hanks that has a certain following so you know people are like oh actually this is denzel washington and he's yeah we're we can relate or whatever mm. and that would bring them in you know what i mean so he kind of was smart in the way he did that so it's a bit of a role reversal in the sense you know unfairly that you you know people are more relating to the way Denzel's character is than they are of the white privileged guy. Yeah. You know, which is unfair. Um, but... It's a social comment. Yeah. yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, you know, that 
shouldn't come into it like but it does um but i think the whole relationship like i said between uh hanks and washington is just like such a growth because like at the start like he's literally looking at his hand going can i get some something to kiss? he goes to the doctors and he's like do i have it but and he did make a fair point where he said you know people keep getting stuff you know they get diseases and you think you can't catch it and then all of a sudden you can catch it yeah and as i thought like watching this film today you know he could be forgiven for being worried back then because there wasn't a lot known. they didn't yeah there wasn't but today i think if you acted like that today you wouldn't be forgiven no you know um but yeah so i I think they're uh you know as the film progresses and the relationship between denzel and andy grows it's it's brilliant i think it shows that you know you may have a an idea of what a you know a gay man is and it's all bullshit but there's something in the way with tom hanks in this role it was one of the first times i've watched a film and forgot You're working with infinite role which is the oh peter mckinnon that's role. rather rude <laughs> sorry my tv just turned cool. itself on uh, keeps doing this oh my god then i opened up the app now right yeah back to it um this is one of the first roles where yeah i've watched tom hanks and forgotten i was watching tom hanks mm. he he literally he doesn't even look like tom hanks it's not even that he doesn't he look like it. It, it, it it's yeah it's not the way he looks it's the way he carries Moves himself. himself yeah he is he completely embraces his character mm. and becomes him and it, yeah rightly so he won that oscar for it yeah mm. um but that's the first time like I've always watched a film and thought oh, that's Tom Hanks. Um, that actually, it's the second time because when I watched Saving Private Ryan, that was the first time I've seen him in, like be mm. just sort of pretty much dark, you know, yeah. stoic the whole way through. And and then when I saw this for this uh, preparation for this episode, um, I was just like, I forgot he was Tom Hanks again. And that's like the only the second time where I haven't really thought, fuck, that's Tom Hanks. Yeah. You know, do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, powerhouse performance, um, definitely in this. Um, just shows yeah. his from both of them. Yeah, I think I think from both of them. Yeah, definitely. Denzel was amazing in it as well. But um, he's so like, like when you see him at the end and like he holds Andrew's hand when he's in hospital and he strokes his face. Yeah. And at the beginning, you know, kind of through the film, he's so homophobic. I mean, the things he says are awful. awful. Um. You know, and he's like, I'm a man, like, you know, this type of thing, you know, and he's like disgusted with him. Um, so I think it's nice how they demonstrate that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we're just humans. Yeah. And, you know, being gay or straight has nothing to do with, you know, who you actually are at the end of the day from that point of view. I know it's a big part of you, but it shouldn't, you know, determine whether you're horrible or not or you're disgusting or not. It's just... You know, and they show how he becomes accepting. Yeah. Which is good because I think for people that aren't accepting, it's a way of like looking at this and saying, well, hang on a second. You know, he's actually, you know, got to know this person and realize that he doesn't need to think this way. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, it's a good film to promote like personal growth. Yeah. Edu- educate you. Yeah. Like if you are so inclined to, you know, think that way, mm. you know, this would be a good film to watch to make you realize that, you know, yeah, rethink you about could change your some viewpoints. Your views, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good film. That's a good film. And I think it's a great ending song by Neil Young's Philadelphia. Um, I loved that at the end. You know, when they're playing like these home videos and 
because he's got a bit of a strange voice, Neil Young, and it's like very quiet and, um, you know, there's all the people in the background, but they're smiling. It's like they're celebrating his life and all this kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, the music choices were really good. Really, really good. Yeah. Very emotional. But yeah, I like this film. Okay, so we've just had a little break. We've sipped on some Kimmy's Love Kate's coffee and had a slice of cake. And we're going to get into the next bit now, <laughs> which is uh, Forrest Gump, 1994, directed by Robert Zemeckis. Hmm. So this film follows the life of, and I don't like using this term, but the slow-witted but kind-hearted <laughs> man, Forrest, throughout several... Isn't his um, IQ something like 74 or something? Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, yeah it follows him uh, throughout several decades of his life in which he may or may not have witnessed some of the most uh, seminal moments of American <laughs> history. <laughs> uh, despite all of these amazing moments, one thing that keeps him constantly going is his love for Jenny, Jenny, his lifelong friend and love interest played by Robin Wright. My Jenny. <laughs> oh, she was Robin Wright then, wasn't she? Yeah. Well, well, she thinks she's Robin Wright now. Yeah, I don't think she's she's she, uh, They're no longer together, so. Oh. Yeah, um, I don't know say about the um, moments in history because I just thought they were so well done. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, I, I thought they were hilarious, actually. Um, but yeah, no, it's good, it's good how they did it. Um but it'd be interesting to see, does anyone actually think it's real? <laughs> There's going to be one. Yeah. There's going to be one. That, that actually happened. Wow, you said he's yeah. there. Wow. He's that old. <laughs> yeah. um, I, didn't lo- I mean, I can... The problem about this film, it's, he's great in it, but I can... But the film itself, I can take it or leave it. Like, if it's really? on, I'll watch it, but I wouldn't go out of my way to watch it. You know. No, I... Re- I, I wa- like, I, I, I've always enjoyed this film, and I hadn't seen it in years, and I watched it again um, for this. And I know I actually still really enjoyed it. I just, oh, I just love him in it. I think I like his innocence and his willingness to please everybody. And like simple things like when, you know, Bubba goes, you want to do, you know, the shrimp. But okay. Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I just, he's, everything seems so simple for him. I suppose because of his lack of awareness, maybe. He, Tom Hanks is probably the only draw to this film for me. Mm. Like his performance, everything yeah. else, again, yeah, I'm not like... Really, no, I, I, I enjoyed this film. I thought it was a good film. I think it's on for quite a lot, it's a it's long, a long watch, one. and I think sometimes that's what you know. There's certain films I feel like you should watch at home because I do feel like you need a break, you know. And this is quite a long watch, but um, no, I, I, I actually still enjoyed it after watching it um, the second time well, mm. not the second time, but recently, yeah. Um, I actually, uh, I actually well, did. You're not the only one, this film, like went crazy at the Oscars that year. Mm. Um, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, again, Mm -hmm. for Tom Hanks, Best Adapted Screenplay for Eric Roth, Best Visual Effects, Best Film Editing. But then I looked into, like, the um, story about the writing of it, and the writer didn't get a great shout-out financially for this. Yeah. Um, Let me just see if I can find it in my notes. But he... um, it was written by a guy called Winston Groom in 1986, and apparently it differed quite a bit. But yeah, in terms of like payment, he compared to everybody else, it didn't fare that well. It kind much. of upset me a little bit. Yeah, but I think that some, you know, you, oh, I can't remember what it was actually, but someone was talking about how somebody sold the rights of what something they'd written, and it ended up becoming. I think you should put a clause in. <laughs> well, if you yeah, end you have up, to be ca- ca- Yeah, if you end up making millions from this, I mm, want some. Yeah. You know. But um, 
no, this uh, this film's quite dark. Like to say he's such kind of like a lovable, you know, character. It it's it goes through a lot of sort of yeah. um, sort of genre types, doesn't it? It's a comedy, a drama. N- n- you know, no one's really sort of come across somebody like Forrest Gump mm. before, and you just don't know which one it falls into. <laughs> it's a bit of a romance yeah. as well. It's, yeah, yeah. I, I'd overall, I'd say it's a gentle film. It is. I think it's, it's his nature, though. Like, you know, he's got, like, some quite not-so-gent... Like, you know, um, Gary Sinise's character, he's quite a loud, obnoxious character. But then he then becomes the gentle character. You've got Jenny, who's, you know, she's quite... She's all over the place. She's very chaotic, and mm. you know. But then you look at her upbringing, which was she very da- damaged by her upbringing. Yeah, it she? was. Yeah. Um, but then again, at the end, she becomes this. You know, she has this life with Forrest at the end when when she's ill. So, I, I was reading, um, linking back to Philadelphia, that apparently the virus that she has is un- it's unsaid, but it's, it's AIDS. AIDS. Yeah. And I I didn't realize that. Until, yeah. Because uh, I I thought it. Would be cancer or something, but no. Um, yeah, so that's in, that's interesting. Yeah, they don't really say, but but yeah. So the you know he's he's with these people like Lieutenant Dan and you know Jenny and you know they're all you know damaged in some way, and um, he's like the constant support with them, and then but they in the end like they end up with him. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Because like Dan and he's got his wife, so he's all you know he's kind of calmed down. And Jenny's calmed down and it's like, it's like he's not responsible for it, but it's kind of like. Help them get on a good path. Yeah, yeah. Because like he's so like, he like, you know, we know he's not the most intelligent person in the world, but he, you know, he's got a great sense of right and wrong and he stands by that. Yeah. You know, he even says, I may not be an intelligent man, but I know what's right and wrong or something like that, which is true. And we class ourselves as people, you know, we have a higher intellect than 74 but we wouldn't necessarily be as... On a good day. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not every day. Um, but we wouldn't be as, you know, as great at him as actually following through with what's right and wrong. Yeah. You know? He's got power in his convictions. And... Yeah, he does, he does. And um, I think that's why I like him, because there is no badness in him. No. And that's a nice... Like pure of heart. Yeah, and that's a nice thing to see, because, you know, with the other characters, there is. And with him, it's just... You know, I do love um, the mother, though, and the th- like Sally Field's character and the things that she does, you know, to get him. I, th- I think, is it to get him into the school? I can't remember. And she ends up sleeping with. Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's quite dark. She, I know, but like the things that she does like for him is just like, you know, she she plays that role really well. I don't think she's that much older than him either. No, she wasn't. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but um you know, I, I I think they they played very well together, and also I must admit that the the you know when he goes running, yeah, the oh, shots, that's power, power oh scene. my god, like the um the mountains and the desert and the sunsets and oh, apparently like, that's based on a an actual guy who did oh who was did it that. yeah did that yeah yeah I um, kind of felt sorry for all his followers when he just turns around and stops. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go home now. Um, this was a film that came out when some truly awesome movies were coming mm. out as well. So you've got uh, The Shawshank Redemption, which apparently didn't do very well at the time. Anyway, and that's like a classic cult following now. Yeah. yeah. You had Jurassic Park as well. Yeah. Um, Pulp Fiction. Oh. Uh, and oh, yeah, God, yeah, Tom Hanks. Oh, they were the... all around the 90s. Yeah, 90s. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah and yet tom hanks won best actor so here we are <laughs> yeah apparently the film suffered fi- some financial backing and this is where tom hanks comes into play as an awesome guy again um it was 48 hours away from being shut down and uh, he kept uh, helped uh, chip in and to keep it afloat so much of the ben- of his benefit in the end is that he didn't take a wage but got paid like a percentage point mm. um up to about 40 million dollars so <laughs> but it's crazy because yeah. you all the films that the shit films that are out there mm. and then you get something like this and i look how like today we're still talking about it mm. and it nearly gets shut down uh, yeah you know and that type of thing annoys me when it comes to, <laughs> to to hollywood that they put some shit out there but yet they wouldn't like if they stopped making 10 shit films that were cheap and they could make films like this you know what i mean but really without even the financial backing if it weren't for his performance yeah it wouldn't be the film that it is no you know? no definitely no because like sometimes you watch films and you're like you can't imagine you know the way sometimes they say oh such and such and such and such and such went out for this role as well mm and then you'd say those names and you'd be like, I just can't see it. Like, sometimes you could. You could be like, oh, yeah, I could see them doing that. Yeah. But with this, like, I don't know who else went for it, but I couldn't, I couldn't imagine anyone else Side note, just thinking about it, it's his body language in this film that's oh, great. The I way know. he stands. I know. The way he sits when yeah. he's on the bench. It's <laughs> yeah. very like, it's like, you know, when you're at school and you're told, sit up, you know, hands on table, you know, this mm. type of thing. It's, it's very... Uh, sat on that bench. In Paramount Pictures. Did you? Actually, I think it's a replica, but it's the forest. No, it's company. the real thing, don't worry. <laughs> you just don't say that. Um, I loved his accent in it, which he he did that on the young boy, based that on the young boy, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Apparently Hanks uh, saw the kid audition or something, which was just like, yeah, I'll, I'll base it on that kid rather than the other the, the way around, which yeah. is cool. The one that got hired. Mm, yeah, yeah, on yeah, him, yeah. yeah. Apparently he went off into the military, right. that, um, that actor. Um, I love how you find those, you find out all these snippets about where the kids have gone to. Yeah, because <laughs> apparently they still kind of keep in contact, but he was, um, I don't think he went into acting. His little girl's in this film as well. She's one of the mean kids on the bus at the beginning. Oh. Elizabeth. oh, yeah, 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 I read that as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, so overall, I actually really like this film. And I will watch it again. It's the type of film that I would happily watch again. I don't like love the film but i love tom hanks in it i love the soundtrack yeah yeah it's a great i remember buying the soundtrack i think it was a double <laughs> cd yeah i think it was a double cd um but i remember buying the soundtrack for this and like you know hendrix with mac the doors leonard skinhead Willie nelson do you know what i mean there was it, it worked it worked really well the so whole it, did. Package. it did have the whole package but um you know, oh, and it's a little a little tidbit here. I can't remember if it was me or you who found this out, or maybe both of us. Um, his brother was his body double. Oh, yeah. In the running scene. Yeah. 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 So they do that a lot because I think uh, Linda Hamilton's sister is her stunt double in Terminator. Oh, films. really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, yeah, so. She's but in I suppose. She's in the new Terminator film, isn't she? Sorry? Linda Hamilton's in the new Is she going to be in it? Mm. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'll be looking forward Side to that. <laughs> Side note. But yeah, so. Um, Overall, I think, you know, this is one that if you haven't seen it, yeah, go see it. Definitely. And our next one takes us off into... (laughs) Well, we just skip it, Harry. (laughs) Takes it off into um, the world of uh, Pixar. It's the 1990 film... 1995 John Astor film, Toy Story. You got a friend in me. You got a friend in me. Um, 
what is the f- you should I swear to God I wish we were filming this because she has a face on her like a stroppy teenager I do not you certainly <laughs> do um but Toy Story, I I loved Toy Story film, and I couldn't believe when I went to like I because I wrote this one day, like you know, um, <laughs> this particular one. Um, I couldn't believe how old it was. Yeah, I know that kind of shocked me because well. I I watched it and I was like, you know, it, it still looks really good, and I was like, 1995, wow. Yeah. Um, but for those of you who don't know, Toy Story is basically about um, a young boy named Andy, another Andy, um, who um, when when he goes to sleep. Or when he's not in his room, the toys come to life. And the main toy is his uh, cowboy named Woody, who is played by Tom Hanks. And then for his birthday arrives a new toy in the form of Buzz Lightyear, who is a space ranger played by Tim Allen. Woody becomes... Oh, I thought you were going... Oh, no, as I was wrong. Um, Woody becomes jealous of um, Buzz and because uh, he realizes he's no longer a top toy. And uh, there's also friends there, Mr. Potato Head, Rex, Slinky Dog, Bo Peep, and just lots of other um, toys there. And it's just all about, you know, an adventure of talking toys, <laughs> which is obviously true. Yeah. Why don't you like it? I, uh, Are you I, not a fan of animation in general? I don't mind. Uh, I'm getting more into it as the animation gets more sophisticated. Um no, like, Ooh, la, la. <laughs> like I really liked Moana and you know Monsters mm. Inc and stuff. Um, I don't know. I, I, well, yeah, I got into massive trouble at work saying I didn't like this film. You would think that you killed someone. I'd killed somebody. It was, I, yeah, I got dissed for a good hour and I, I felt pretty bad about it. Um, <laughs> I'd have been sat with them dissing you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I said I didn't like Alan Partridge as well, and jeez, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I think I almost got fired on the spot. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just for me, and I know they're dolls, and I know they're some form of plastic, but the the the, the animation. I don't like the style of the animation. It literally makes me feel icky. It just feels plastic. It makes me feel. It doesn't get me involved in the film. <laughs> And I just <laughs> I just sat there watching and going. <laughs> oh, I loved it. Although I did, um, I thought I could put this on with um, Riley because you know. So watching, 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 and you know when the toys are left behind and um, they get basically end up in Sid's bedroom. Sid is the neighbour. Uh, yeah. He's a boy. Yeah, yeah, it's dark. And I'm not. This guy is a sociopath. It's so dark. Mm. I actually turned it off. I was like, she's not watching this because he's basically, you know, doing a little Spider Rob Zombie thing. House of a Thousand Corpses thing <laughs> with Rain Wilson, where he, he sticks Rain Wilson's top body onto like a mermaid. He's a merman, <laughs> merman, and um, it's really, you know, like there's a doll's head on like spider legs, yeah, and that freaked me it's out. so sick and twisted when you see this happening and I didn't want her to see this happening like I mean I, she probably took no notice but I was like no this is a bit too Sid was too... a bit like my brother my brother really? did that to my dolls like rip their heads off tipix boobs on them and stuff but it was like for me it was like <laughs> that's funny for me it was like like a sick twisted horror film like you know when <laughs> well, you it was meant to be wasn't it, it was yeah like... but it was a bit you know, but like I said, when I first watched this film back in the nineties, I didn't see it like that. No, because because I was so young. But well, because <laughs> you think, oh, they're toys, they're plastic, and they can be put yeah. together in any kind of way because they're just 
their limbs it doesn't matter if they're attached but yeah you watch it and you're like this is messed up well I think as well it's what it can lead on to because you hear about children doing messed up things you know that turn into serial killers (laughs) oh yeah that kid is blatantly yeah exactly I wouldn't be surprised if he's already committed his first murder Um, (laughs) you know and what he does with his you know the way he's so mean to his like little sister and it's it's scary like if I had a two children and one of them was Sid I'd be locking the doors when we went to bed at night do you know that way he was absolutely like you know and but you know he kind of gets his comeuppance when the toys talk to him Mm. and And uh, yeah yeah, yeah. and he like completely freaks out and he's terrified and um you know I think his sister puts a toy in front of him and he runs off screaming like I mean karma and um you know but no I I I enjoyed this film. I think it's a film I will would show, you know, Riley when she's a bit older. Um, but well, I um I did my research on it for this episode for you guys, <laughs> and I was reading that um, one of the reasons Tom Hanks was cast um, was because the creators said that the character Woody. Uh, needed to have a voice of someone um, that's lovable but flawed, and they were like Tom Hanks. And God, isn't that true? From but what we've just he, been discussing. He, but that's his voice. He, like he has got that voice. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he's like caring, but at the same time, like yeah. an, slightly annoying, and like he's he's lovable but selfish, um, which is what. Well, yeah. Woody, Woody is, yeah. Woody is. Not that Tom Hanks is selfish. No. But you know what I mean? Like he's played those sort of similar characters. Yeah. Um, they said they wanted like which is a Jimmy Stewart kind of type person for this role. And again, a modern day Jimmy Stewart. James Stewart, isn't he? Um, So, and apparently this this comparison uh, has been made before and since. Um, But yeah, I I don't like the film, but I think Tom Hanks is great as Woody. It is his film. But I I also think uh, Tim Allen is great as Buzz Lightyear. Yeah, they're, they're he parallels. He does that really well. Yeah, and I love makes... it when he's like, you know, he thinks he's marooned on this. Yeah. He's in the middle of a mission <laughs> and he's trying to fix his ship, which is a, pl- a cardboard box, basically. Yeah. Like, you know, so, it, you know, it's funny too. Like, do you know what I mean? Oh, there yeah. are, but I, I do think that they're great um, leads. I read um, Billy Crystal apparently wanted this role. Oh, really? Something to do with this role and he didn't get it. He did Monsters Inc. And then he got called up about Monsters Inc. And apparently it was just like, yes, I'm doing it. You know, this type of thing. <laughs> but Which he's is great. Called, like, he, yeah. Oh my God, he's brilliant. I, I would be a, a fan of uh, of Billy Crystal. But uh, one thing um, that has become apparent, well, re- uh, that I read upon is that um, Tom Hanks's brother, um, Jim, mm. he does a lot of the voice work for Tom Hanks um, for the role of Woody for all like the merchandise and the games and stuff. Wow. And when you watch like videos of him doing it, you're like, oh, this is really weird. And he's he's also like we we said just now, he's um the body double in um, no, first company. I think that's an interesting thing. Like yeah. he obviously doesn't give a shit, he gets paid for it, like it's fine. But like doing that for your, your brother who's more famous and stuff, and it's like I think it depends though how how you how you look at it because like yeah. obviously you could have say two siblings who equally want to be you know someone like Tom Hanks mm. or you could have someone that you know they're happy with that like do you know what I mean and they're not you know because like with me you know I would be happy with what you know if my brother what he was doing I wouldn't feel jealous no do you know what I mean and I think it only works if you're not 
jealous yeah. or oh, yeah, yeah, you know yeah. seething yeah. that they've got this amazing and career and I think it's and nice doing, that yeah. they do that yeah that and, like and really handy because it probably <laughs> helps with them um, because I never noticed no, the, I... the Linda Hamilton thing and I never noticed on this either so yeah. you know I think if you can get your sibling if they look like you to do it then yeah fair play yeah yeah, yeah. do it so I think that's as far as we can go with Toy yeah Story. I can't stand looking at Harry's miserable face when we talk about it <laughs> I do not have a miserable face <laughs> you look like a little child <laughs> well people say that about me anyway yeah. not the good way <laughs> no okay uh is this our last one it is it's our last Tom Hanks one I caramba okay uh you want to introduce this or shall I you go for it okay so we kind of wanted to do a more recent film mm. of um for tom hanks um uh but unfortunately uh we couldn't get the film that we wanted to do uh which was captain phillips so mm. maybe we'll talk about that another day yeah but it's a great film i've uh, never seen it so i'd happily watch it yeah i think yeah but uh <laughs> so we both uh, agreed on sully which is one of his yeah. more recent films uh, sully sorry miracle on the hudson uh directed by clint eastwood uh from 2016 yeah it's very recent mm. so uh this is a film that's based on a true story uh and it's a real life pilot based on the real life pilot chelsea sullenberger who landed the plane on the hudson river and saved the lives of 155 people on board however the film follows um the aftermath of that mm-hmm. uh with his dealings with the national transport safety board uh when they try to prove somebody next door is banging and it's really annoying <laughs> um sorry when they tried to prove through computer simulations that he could have landed um the plane at an airport uh so they're trying to say that it was a human error and not the fault of the plane and said uh that sully had to prove um that he was right in what he did otherwise his career was over so that's what the film follows uh, this sort of case yeah. and his sort of it, well I'll get straight into it it kind of follows his PTSD after it as well yeah. doesn't it it's, it's an interesting take on it um, but we both have sort of different opinions on this don't we well I, I actually really enjoyed this film and um, I love that it's actually you know it's you know this is real so the her- heroism is, is real like do you know what I mean what he did and um, I loved the relationship between him and uh Aaron Eckhart's calendar, uh, character, Jeff um, Skills, um, and how he he never wavers. He always stands by Sully, like even when it's looking... A bit sketchy. Yeah, like, you know. And um, one thing I did love about this, um, this is, you know, like Harry said, is a Clint Eastwood film, and um, his direction is very underrated in this film. And, you know, he... When we have the crash, that could have been this big, massive scene big action scene but it wasn't it was all very calm do you know what i mean yeah. like a scene that could have been crazy it was all very calm and i think that's a star by him um that we tend to see and it makes you you know the story's still very captivating peter mckinnon, peter McKinnon will you stop doing that please why is it <laughs> yeah so i think clint eastwood does a great job of like you know keeping you captivated within the story but without being over the top and you know, in an interview I seen with um, Tom Hanks talking about being with Clint Eastwood when he directs you, he says that he doesn't really say action and all that kind of stuff. He says he just comes up and kind of taps you on the shoulder and goes something along the lines of, uh, there you go, or mm. off you go. You know, it's all very calm. And, you know, that's one thing. When you see Clint Eastwood in his acting career, he manages to 
you know, like in someone like Dirty Harry, this like copy plays, but yeah, it's a very calm presence. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I think that that's, that's probably what he's like, you know what I mean? In real life, he doesn't yeah. ever get excited, you know, or um, overreact in situations where I feel he could. And I think that that comes through when you see this scene. It could so easily have been over the top, you know, which is what we're used to when you see plane crashes. But yeah. he doesn't with this. It's all very, the plane's crashed. Let's get everyone off. You know what I mean? And so the people aren't really going over the top, you know, panicking. I mean, no. there is an element, obviously, of panicking. But um, it's not It's not too much. And that's just, what I like. It's liked not tense. I, yeah. And I, I, I appreciate, like, that kind of take on it. But... And why he'd do it, but it didn't it didn't engage me. But the reason I liked it like that is because I've seen that. Mm. I've seen those type of films with the um Yeah, no, you know, I I know, but I still think there's a it's just a form I of, didn't it's need not, it. It's, I, I needed it as a yeah. form of storytelling. It was I need it. I need it. Um because uh, even when like they're beginning to freak out, um it's just like, oh, it sounds probably very flippant and I don't mean it to come across that way but it was just like oh there's some birds oh definitely our engine it just, and I just think it was kind of like I know they had to appear calm but I'm like sh- it, it, the way it was shot was as put together just didn't just didn't engage me at all and I was just like you. oh well, this is happening oh okay oh alright then and then he's like suffering PTSD after it and I was just like but it I don't know it just um, I thought Hanks's acting was good He was he played I fully believed him as Sully, and yeah. the transformation in his looks, yeah. well, obviously, made um, an impact. And I've not seen him quite look like that before, obviously. But mm. the film overall, no, it didn't. It didn't. It didn't grasp me. Um, it's an interesting story, but uh, yeah, um, I wasn't too impressed with the direction of it. I have to say, the um, uh, when he was like, you know, having like the flashback type things or dreaming. Um, it was very 9-11, wasn't no, it? No, that's, that was my first thought. I was yeah. just like, gosh. I was like, wow. But then I guess that is... Well, it was very close to the... Exactly. I bet people know, were seeing it happen then, you know, freaking out about it. And I think that's what he's... I do think that's one good thing. He yeah. tries to... He gets that point across. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, then there... Um, one thing that did annoy me... Well, it's, it's not the film that annoyed me, but what happened to Sully is... Like he lands his plane on a river, everybody survives. Yeah, and he gets and then he gets this interrogation, and you know it's true. It's like one of these things. Like I understand that they have to do these computer, you know, generated simulations and all that kind of stuff. But you know, you cannot know how you're going to react because, like I said, has this ever happened before? Has anyone ever landed a plane on a on water and everyone survived? I don't know, but you, you don't. You don't know how, and then you've got a bunch of people who can't even fly, who are basically telling you, yeah, you know, and they didn't tell them at the start how many goes it took, yeah, yeah, Do you know this type of thing. So I, I got very frustrated with that because I know that's real, and that's the way. It's like, who can we blame? We've yeah. lost. I understand you've lost money, but you know, it's not. Oh my god, he's saved one hundred. Product works. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah. So I that kind of really, you know, and even through all that. He was like so composed, hmm. you know what I mean? Like he was very gently spoken. There was no anger, and like you know, and I, I just liked it. I liked that different approach to you know because I can see a film that's like you said you needed it, but I can go and see that film, you know, easily. Yeah. But I sometimes 
that's what I liked about this. And it's the same with like Sleeps in Seattle. I like that it's a completely different take on what has happened. But, and I, because this is the second time we're recording this, um, but I think it's a point I will make again, um, is that you've got this sort of, I, I like my documentaries, but you've obviously got more of a Jones in for them than mm. I do. And I think this reads a bit more as a documentary yeah, than I'd it does agree like with that. a movie. Yeah, a block, so know. I'm probably used to that because when you watch yeah. the documentaries, I specifically, the ones I do watch a lot of, they're telling you, you a yeah, point you, by, break by break story. Yeah, and you can't have, like, you you do get somewhere they do show you a bit of what's going on, but you, you don't need to see yeah. how somebody's been tortured or murdered or something like that. Do you mm. know what I mean? You, you don't need that. And I think that's probably, maybe that is why, that's a good point, actually. Maybe that's why, for me, it's easier that I don't need it because I'm so used to it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was... It was an interesting film and an interesting take on what happened. Not take, um, depiction of what happened. But um, in terms of Hanks, yeah, he he played it well. He I've never mm. I'd never quite seen him in this. Excuse me. Um, this ma- mature, older mm. sort of um, type character before, which was new to me. Like, cause he's always been this youthful spirit, and he's yeah. not really in this. He's no. he's wisened, you know. He's yeah. like, I don't think I'm coming to the to a stage in my life now yeah kind of character and i really enjoyed seeing that yeah um so yeah but i don't, I don't think i'd watch it again but i'd watch it again but i wouldn't i mean if it was on and you know the way sometimes you just can't be bothered to pick up the remote control <laughs> you know that type of thing but um i thought it was a good film but i i do like um films directed by clint eastwood so i do so i, I think... liked million dollar baby yeah it's pretty miserable though well i liked him in uh you know when he did bridges, Mad, bridges that's Massacre. a great film yeah. yeah i like that and again that was a very calm but this is turning into a bit more of an eastwood love sorry love. well we all love eastwood <laughs> yeah okay well i think that that is uh mr tom hanks done and dusted Ooh. right now sorry one 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 last point before we move on he's a uh, films of late He's he's really exploring much more complex characters, I think, mm. um, sort of you know later in life characters, um, and I just want to so, so suddenly interject in there. I don't know if you've seen say the Mister Banks where he plays. Not yet, no. Really interesting because he. I recommend watching it. I just want to put this in there that he plays this character who's obviously mm. a very rich man and he's built this company he's slightly got a dark side but then he's got the lovable side and mm. he's just showing how he's had to put this together and oh hanks is amazing and it really good um and that he's doing that a lot these days yeah. in his film roles he's playing these slightly dark wizened complex emotional guys um and yeah i'm, I'm enjoying it cool uh, i look forward to what he's going to do next me too okay so now we're into our flashback film club lorraine's really disappointed in me I don't even know why you bother doing these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched it. Harry so didn't sorry. watch it. I feel like I should give you homework. And do you know what? When we do our next one, because our next one is it. on Australia. Now, we're not doing that until September because, um, you know, we've got a lot on. Mm-hmm. But And I'm getting married. but <laughs> And I'm moving. Um, I'm but, going to Croatia. <laughs> and Harry's going to Croatia. But I think you should watch it by the time we do episode 11 why 
Why? We're not going to talk about it again. Because it's a bloody great film. I will watch it at some point, but I'll watch it on my own. <laughs> no, punishment. But the film we are talking about is an oldie. It's a 1962 film directed by Robert Aldrich and stars Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. And it is... Go on, Harry. You can at least say the name. But whatever happened to Baby Jane? Um, I do feel bad because I was like, yeah, we should do Black and White. Oh, yeah, it was your suggestion. <laughs> My goodness. I'm really sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. But uh, so what I thought I could do for this is ask you questions about it and you can answer them and I can get involved. Yeah. <laughs> oh, let's do that. So what is the film about, right? Oh, well, it's a psychological horror thriller. Um, so Ooh, it's basically the story like of, um, no, it's really good, of two sisters who were both child, child stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is now um, in a wheelchair. A wheelchair. Um, <laughs> And uh, she's Blanche. She's played by Joe Crawford. And she's being cared by her sister, Jane, who's played by um, Betty Davis, who's like this old, they live in this old style, decaying Hollywood mansion. And um, Blanche basically blames Jane for the car crash that left her in a wheelchair. And Jane is desperately trying to keep her sister imprisoned in that bedroom upstairs um, while she tries to revive her career. Mm. Um, Now, when she was a child, she, um, like when she was the child actress, um, she was, it was very um, Shirley Temple, curly hair and singing and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But she's kind of, She's kind of still that, if you know what I mean. She's. It's not like In she's that trying. Mindset. Yeah, it's not like she's trying to revive her career to become a an a, an older actress. It's like she's trying to revive that yeah. particular character, for use of a better term. Okay. So it's really quite creepy, um, and the whole, um, the whole. It, it's black and white, obviously, but they. She looks scary in it. Uh, well, yeah, from the yeah. trailer. She she but... looks really terrifying. And the way she treats her sister is absolutely, you know, atrocious. Like, you know, she wouldn't feed her, you know, and stuff like that. She, I think she gave her a, a rat, was it a rat once? And she, I think she killed a bird and, you know. To eat. Um, uh? To eat. Well, she would just put it on the plate. Yeah, she'd just put it on their plate when she lifted up, you know, stuff like this. And, um, but a little backstory, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis hated each other oh, really? in real life yeah they were hugely um huge huge rivals you have mentioned this before from all mm. about even episode one haven't you um their relationship yeah yeah so basically um they i think this was um it all started because crawford upstaged davis um and this was I think this was happening around a time where Davis was doing really well. Like she was like the first woman to have her name above a title uh, for Warner Brothers. Oh, wow. And they were apparently um, about to do a huge campaign all based around Betty Davis. And at the same time, Crawford announced a divorce that overshadowed um, what Davis was doing. And uh, then Crawford then married a man that Betty Davis was in love with. Um, so there was just like this huge, huge rivalry. Um, although there was one point where uh, Joan Crawford's daughter wrote a story about uh, a book about Crawford and Betty Davis' um, daughter hadn't at the time, but did end up doing the same thing. But Betty Davis like felt bad for Joan Crawford. She was like, you shouldn't have done, you know, this type of thing. So she, while there was this huge hatred, there were still times where... There was remorse about... There was not remorse, but kind of like 
she could still see that some things weren't right. Right. So it wouldn't be like, haha, you deserve that. She she knew that that was wrong, you yeah. know, that way, and didn't just say she deserved it because of um, her relationship. Um, so I feel like with this role, it almost, it, I don't know, maybe it was an easy one for, you know, yeah. for them to play. But um, there's, a, there's a Ryan Murphy TV show. Yeah, he it? did one, Feuds, um, Feuds it was called, where he, um, yeah, he focuses on certain famous feuds through um, Hollywood and this was, this oh. was one of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, no, but this one was, this one was huge. Yeah. It was huge. Yeah. Um, so, so is the movie scary? It is, but it's not, it's scary in, I think you, that's, that's the shame. I think you'd actually like it. No, I do too. Yeah. It's, it's scary in, it's scary in the way that you don't know what she's going to do. Yeah. And it's scary in the way that Blanche is, you know, she's in a wheelchair, so she's limited to how she can protect herself. Yeah. And it's also really creepy in a way. Like she hires, as she's trying to revive her career, she hires this guy who pretends to be something he's not. And, you know, to help her, like he's playing the piano and stuff and she's starting to sing. But she's literally standing there like all girly-like, like a child, you know, and she's, I think she's in her 40s. I don't know what age she is, but she's a lot older in it. Yeah. And this guy's kind of like doing what he's doing because he's a bit of a con man. So he's just going to be getting money. Um, and, you know, the, it, it's just the way she like man, manipulates the thing, manipulates him. But at the same time, I suppose she doesn't because she, he's getting some money out of it. But she's like, she thinks that he's going to help her with this big career thing. Yeah. So like she's saying all the right things and, you know, this type of thing. Um, and then she does this thing where the sister has to, because they've got money, they both kind of have to sign for it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so Blanche would stop certain things so that she couldn't get alcohol because she was a drunk as well. So um, uh, Betty Davis's character would then get on the phone and do an impression of Blanche to get the alcohol. And it was just really, you know, so calculating and, yeah. you know, she was just horrible, like really a nasty character, like, you know, um, but it's, 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 it is quite creepy and scary in the house. It's very dark. Like the house is very dark. I mean, when you go into Blanche's room, it's a little bit brighter, but the house is just very dark. Is it, is it in black? It's in black, in black and white. white yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, but it kind of, so you've got all this going on and then, um, you know, Blanche is basically begging her, like, you know, help me, you know, feed me all this kind of stuff. And they have a housekeeper that, you know, she gets rid of and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, they then, she then takes her sister um, to the beach. Right. And, you know, she just leaves her there. and Like, she's there, but she just basically... Blanche basically dies and the police arrive and they're trying to like get some sense out of baby Jane and she just regresses back into this like child child yeah and all these beachgoers are looking at her like horrified but to her this is an opportunity this is an audience and she starts going through the beach and she's dancing and she's like this and waving and la you know all this kind of stuff and everyone's like creepy that's your dead yeah it's really creepy um how she just she's just completely gone at this stage like do you know what i mean and um it was just her constantly fighting for that limelight 
that she had as a child, which yeah. probably happens to some child actors. You know that you see them and then you never see them again. But um, it was it was. So, what's the length of the film? Is it long, short? No, it's not too long. Okay. I don't I don't know the exact length, but I didn't feel like oh, this yeah. is going on forever. You know this type of thing. And is the direction good? It's not all just the actor. No, no, it is like because he, you know, he he's the one who puts you in these moments that you're not sure. Like there's one point where um, she she wants to get uh, Jane's gone out and, you know, the other one wants to get to the phone. But obviously she's, you know, she's in a wheelchair. Yeah. So there's certain scenes like of, oh, God, she's going to come back into the house before she can get back to work because she needs to be sat in a certain place and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, there's that kind of it's really intense and you're wondering if she's going to get caught out and you know, things like that. And um, that's down to how he's put it together. He's put it together. So yeah, no, he does, it, the direction in it is brilliant of how they, you know, he's the one, yeah, they're executing what he's saying, but he's the one who's putting them in these places. And he's, you know, the the, the, the house, it's so creepy. Mm. Like, do you know what I mean? So, and um, the face of Betty Davis, like even, you know, if anyone's listening, just Google the character, yeah, Baby Jane. And um, it's really... It's really quite freaky. But um, yeah, so a lot of people are afraid, as I mentioned when we did All About Eve, to touch a black and white film. Yeah. Don't be, because <laughs> they're amazing. And it's so much less is more. You don't need, you know, what you see today. Um, and for those of you who don't want to watch it, I would recommend checking out the French and Saunders <laughs> version. <laughs> I think I have seen which that. Which <laughs> is absolutely hilarious. Um, but yeah, overall, I was glad that you decided for us to do an old film that you then didn't watch <laughs> <laughs> i will i will i will i promise yeah um i am intrigued by this one um mm. yeah it, it seems interesting it seems right up my street actually yeah and i think it's on netflix it's on amazon isn't is it? it amazon yeah. yeah on amazon cool i will um, check that out so yeah definitely watch it but it is it's really creepy <laughs> uh Right then, to round off the episode, we're going to talk about what we want to watch next. So, Lorraine, start off as us off. Um, I want to watch a film called Edie, which is about... Oh, my uh, dad told us about Yeah, and a, and a lady who goes on an adventure. Um, she fulfills a dream to climb a mountain in the Scotch Highlands. Yeah, it looked good. Yeah. Even the trailer got me a bit misty. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, I want to see Ocean's 8. I am obsessed with... Um, Kate Blanchett's outfits in it. So. <laughs> Harry sent me a picture once of Kate Blanchett and Sandra Bullock. I'm obsessed with Sandra Bullock, and she goes, "We put this up because, like, I'm a brunette and Harry's blonde." She goes, "We put that up as us, like what we want to be." And I was like, "Yeah," but she never did. Oh my god, Kate, I can be Sandra Bullock. I think Kate Blanchett's got like this green velvet suit, three piece, and oh she's very classy, god. isn't she? Yeah. She she reminds me actually of more old style Hollywood. Which have you seen The Aviator? No. Oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays Catherine Hepburn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She plays it so well. Yeah, yeah. She's quite chameleon esque, I think. Mm. And well, she's a great actress. But yeah, yeah. And then you see her in Thor. Yeah, I was really shocked. I was like, because I didn't know she was in it. Do you remember? I was like, Mm. Kate Blanchett. Mm. So uh, we should discuss in episode two. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, So definitely. So I want to see that. And uh, there's this series coming on um, Sky Atlantic called Sharp Objects, uh, which I really want to watch again in the psychological thing um, with Amy Adams, uh, directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who did Big Little Lies, and okay. I love his style. So I'm excited about that. I must get back into Big Little Lies, actually, because I kind of have it building up on my It's good. Sky. I really liked it, and I didn't think I would, mm. um, but yeah, I did like it. I've seen a couple of them. 
Mm. Um, but yeah, um, I want to, uh, my friend Dahmer, which is basically a film about the life of the serial killer, Jeffrey Dahmer. I think it's more of a younger version. Are you of in him. serial killers? No. <laughs> Just watch one or two every now and again. What's <laughs> it every now and again, every day? <laughs> I know, I'm a bit sick. And also, um, I'm a bit sick. And also, <laughs> uh, moving quickly on, um, Hereditary. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go and see that. I'm um, intrigued by that, but I don't think it'll be one I will watch. Well, it, it comes across as kind of like a, um, you know, a bit of an exorcist S style. People are raving about it, though. Yeah. They? It looks really creepy. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, that'd be one to watch. And I'm also going to. I'm going to try it, Sleepy Hollow, the TV show, because I loved the film. Um, um, so just to let you know, our next episode, episode 10, is going to be on remakes. Oh, controversial stuff coming up. Yeah, I'm actually looking forward to that one. Yeah, yeah. Well, once I pick what I'm going to do. <laughs> Lie. <laughs> Lies. Um, but if you want to follow us on other places, you can follow me as Mums Who Wing It on WordPress and Pinterest, Twitter and Instagram. I write a parenting blog that I've actually recently got back into. So yeah, I'm quite really pleased. Funny. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm working on one now about um child your child who swears. Oh. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. so that would be uh, That's one. It's gonna be interesting. I know, because I swear a lot. And uh Harriet <laughs> Everts. Taking the whole name <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I dabble in some travel writing, well, attempting it, and I am Tales of Peck on uh, Instagram and WordPress and Twitter. Uh, I don't really go on Twitter all too much. Yeah, so if you want to read about Malta or Bali or mm. America. Yeah, then and soon to be Croatia. Soon to be Croatia. <laughs> um, yeah, have a go. It's a really good way of um, kind of checking out to see if it's a place you'd be interested in going. Very Thanks. detailed and very well written. And of course, um, we'd love you to pop onto iTunes. Yes, and uh, give us some uh, some stars and some reviews. And I know, like I've asked a million times, but it really does take only two seconds. Also, we'd really like some you guys to send us some messages about like what you'd like us to discuss in the future, topic wise. Yeah, Um, because you know we're full of ideas, but we want to know what you'd like to listen to. Yeah, well, in like a future episode, we're going to have a friend of ours who did a film degree. Yeah, and we're going to. You know, so we asked him, you know, any suggestions. So he did. We're not going to tell you yet. No, it's a surprise. Um, but yeah, so you like that because sometimes trying to come up with something, you're, you know, there's so much out there. So yeah, so if you've got any suggestions of what you want, nothing too gory, although I wouldn't mind doing a bit on Rob Zombie. Um, Don't do it. I'll do it. You can do it. I'll do it for you. Mary Poppins or something. Um, <laughs> I love how you think my brain works. Yeah. So yeah, so do let us know and please give us those stars. We need them. Get on there. We're begging. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so thank you. You've been listening to Show Me the Podcast. And uh, that's all I have to say about that. Bye.